podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to Pumping Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Elise Eldridge, and today we're going to be breaking down Season 2, Episode 28 of Hannah Montana. It's called Joni Be Good, and I am joined once again by Alex Mellaris. Hi, Alex. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What, uh, what like, memories of this episode do you have? Because I have none. <laughs> once again, I will mention that uh, I'm pretty foggy on memories I have from about a year ago and from 10 years ago, and to mm-hmm. distinguish between them. Uh, as for 10 years ago or however long ago, uh, I don't have any distinctive memories of this one. Probably just because it wasn't in the reruns that often, which, you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of upset about because I actually think this is a this is one of the stronger episodes of Hannah Montana. I went back on IMDb, look at the ratings. This one is above seven as well, which uh, wow. I think pretty high for this show. That's very high for Hannah Montana on IMDb. Yeah, this episode, I mean, I don't know how much about it is particularly memorable. I don't know how much of it I'll necessarily remember going forward. Probably the B-plot exclusively. But oh god, can we not I start on that say- yet? Can we not start on this yet? <laughs> can we wait? On the we'll, we'll talk about the B plot at the end. Uh, I'll give you enough, plenty of time to mentally prepare to talk about the B plot. But uh, I will say that, like, as an episode of television, this is a better episode of television than most episodes of Hannah Montana. It has a beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah, has a coherent story. <laughs> whether the ending is as strong as the beginning is certainly up for debate. But at least there is one. Yeah, at least there is closure to the story. Like, Unlike I Robbie think Ray's that's 40th a step up. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, don't even get me started on the birthday. <laughs> uh, okay, just a little thing on that episode. Wait, before we dive into this yeah. one, because I wanted to mention, because we, we were just talking about like things you remember from like a long mm-hmm. time ago. Robbie Ray's birthday episode, I remember... Robbie Ray coming downstairs and being like, sadly, I woke up to the both of you. And for some reason, that was like so traumatizing to me at the age of seven that he would just insult his kids so harshly. I mean, yes. <laughs> and they're really bad in that episode. They're really oh, bad for kids. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the rare Team Robbie Ray episode, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but this episode. This is, like, for the first time in quite a while, like, a Miley, like, there's no Hannah in this. Like, there's absolutely no Hannah. And, although I guess, what's the episode before this again? I literally was just talking about it. There was, there was reference to Hannah a lot in the previous episode, but we haven't actually seen Hannah in a few weeks, and we don't see her this episode. The only Hannah I think in this one was when Joni was like, oh, I hate Hannah Montana. And then that's what made Miley really start to hate Joni. So that's how you know that people are villains on Hannah Montana. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Their music taste differs. They must be shitty people. Yeah. (laughs) But so this episode, uh, I also was thinking recently, it's like, it's been so long since we've seen them at school. Like it has been weeks and weeks and weeks of no school anything and there's a lot of stuff at school on this so i at least appreciated that they like reused that set at least once but this one we open with miley 
she's like by her locker and she's like crying and Lily comes over to ask what's going on and she is like is it because you saw your yearbook picture (laughs) because apparently Miley had spinach stuck in her teeth and her yearbook picture but uh actually she's listening to like I think they call it an ebook but an ebook is when you read it on like a tablet not an audio book which is when you listen to it right yeah, you are absolutely correct. I wrote down ebook and I didn't even think like I guess maybe that's just what they can also call an audiobook. But no, you're you're correct. You cannot listen to an ebook. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you technically could if you like had like like your computer like read a passage aloud to you, but that's not yeah, quite the text same to thing. Speech, but I mean now that I'm Siri voice. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about that, Robbie Ray also says something later which doesn't make sense, and it's clearly like the writers are just like, What are terms? What are terms? We don't know terms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that that comes up twice in this episode is <laughs> them using uh terms incorrectly mm-hmm. but anyway what Miley is listening to is an audiobook of and I think I wrote this down correctly I only listened to it the one time of love beyond love a story of love <laughs> absolutely correct okay. I, I wrote that down too and I, I backed it up to make sure I got it I thought that was that was pretty funny yeah and I, I, like jokes I like think that. it's supposed to be like a read at Nicholas Sparks which this was this was before Miley did that movie right is this more foreshadowing from Hannah Montana she when she was in the where she met Liam Hemsworth that Nicholas Sparks movie oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what was that called? The oh, last the last song. song. I actually that was like, twenty ten. Oh, like several months ago, so that was after this. But several months ago, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this movie with Miley Cyrus in it." The last song. I got like ten minutes in. And I was like, "I'm not wasting my evening on this." <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I, I have, I have not seen it, but it doesn't really seem like my kind of thing. But. But yeah, so yet another interesting little bit of foreshadowing for Miley Cyrus's life in this, that she is, her character is very into this, it seems a very Nicholas Sparks-esque story about people named Chloe and Jacques, which I thought Jacques. were funny character names. <laughs> <laughs> and they both reach for the romantic book of poetry. Yeah. <laughs> and they hear like violins when they look at each other i'm like nothing works like this girls i know i know your children nothing works like that but except for in about 45 seconds but yes this is true i suppose the disney channel is the only place where that where things work that way but Joni walks by and we haven't seen Joni since like the very start of the season i think since like episode two or something but she's like Oh, Stuart, you're crying? Did you see your yearbook picture? It's a real shame that beautiful piece of spinach was surrounded by all that ugly. <laughs> I will say, a lot of good burns in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then Lily shot back, I saw yours too, looks just like you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't really get down most of the back and forths between Lily and Joni, but they're all pretty good. Lily and Joni are just at each other's throats for the first, like, 15 minutes of this episode (laughs) i am on team lily and team joni at the same time i love both of them so much and i think a lot of that is because watching this back now i'm like how can you not tell you're like exactly the same person for the first 10 minutes yes 
I know. I I kind of couldn't believe that like I didn't realize sooner that Joni and Lily have like all the same interests. Like Lily's not an outwardly mean person like Joni is, but otherwise they're very similar in personalities. They're both kind of like when you they're both into sports and like skateboarding and all this and they kind of look similar. Yeah. <laughs> they have similar complexions. Uh, yeah, I was like, you say Lily's not outwardly mean, but like to Joni she is. And Joni, we see her only really being mean to Lily. So both of them are nice to everyone except to each other. So like if this was, you know, the Joni being the main character, then we would see, oh, why is Lily so so mean? It's because we only see her ever talk to Joni. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Because as far as we know, within the HMU, Joni is not mean to anyone else. We've only seen her canonically be mean to Miley and Lily. Mm-hmm. Which is why I love it when like she sees Oliver right away and is all of a sudden like, you know, super nice and sweet. She is very nice to Oliver. She seems to be a very decent girlfriend to him. Mm-hmm. Do they continue dating? Like into season I'm three? I'm almost certain they don't. <laughs> okay. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. I, I say that, but now I'm second-guessing myself. I don't remember. I feel like they might. Because whenever one of these people dates somebody, it's usually for a single episode and they're never seen again. But Joni, at least, is kind of a recurring character. So it would make more sense for them to continue dating, at least until Lily and Oliver get together. Ooh, that's got to sting Joni when Lily and Oliver get together because Lily and Joni are like friends at the end of this. Okay, yeah, it does like does look like Oliver and Joni do actually date beyond this episode. Yeah, they do. Good, fun to know. I will look forward to An seeing arc more to look of that. forward to. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I am now curious. I'm like, does it become part of the plot that Lily and Joni are friends, but Lily and Oliver? date after Oliver and Joni break up. That's probably too much intrigue for Hannah Montana, but it wouldn't be on my Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the exact right amount of intrigue. Right. It, I mean, it's right there. It's right in front of you. It's so obvious. It is. I mean, you know better than me what actually happens, so maybe that is what they do, but anyway. <laughs> we'll get there when we get I love there. how you're just jumping to the conclusion that they made the worst possible I mean, decision. <laughs> I, I have every right to make that assumption about them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Joni like walks away. Miley's like, we should feel sorry for Joni since she'll never find love like Chloe and Jacques. Uh, but then they hear a noise on like the other side of the hall and Joni has dropped her books and Oliver is helping her pick them up. And they like share these looks at each other. And the studio audience is like, whoa <laughs> I, oh yeah, the, I took the reaction from the audience is so funny <laughs> i took a note of this studio reaction also because it's one of those like whoa <laughs> you know one of those reactions yeah i thought they <laughs> should have a lot going in, on <laughs> yeah they should have been in a laugh track here because it was funny that you know it was funny they were just talking about how Joni will never you know find love and then she immediately finds love and oliver is like here's your poetry book which is exactly what happened to chloe and jack like why wouldn't you put a laugh track in the only funny part of your episode? <laughs> it was funny and it was shot funny and like put together funny. Like the the like different shots that they did were all like intentionally very funny and I appreciated that. <laughs> so then, you know, after the title sequence, Oliver and Joni wait, wait. are like 
kind of acting awkward, but they're clearly into each other. Oh yeah, actually, before we move on too far, I have a note about this section, uh-huh. um, about the the lore of Lily's personal life when Joni is like, "You want to go there?" and Lily's like, "Anytime, any place." And then Miley says, "Except Wednesdays, you have piano." Oh, that's Which right. That Lily has takes piano lessons. Lily takes piano lessons on Wednesdays, and we never hear about this again. Now, is she like trying to be more musical than she is? I mean. What's the thought? Learning how to play piano would probably help her become a better singer in the long run. But I think that is interesting. They they have been peppering in little bits of lore lately uh, that I'm sure don't come up again because they don't, like, keep track of these things. At best, they don't come up. At worst, they are directly contradictory. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I, I do like that Lily has piano lessons on Wednesdays and that's why she can't beat up Joni on a Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Miley and Lily are like, Oliver, we need you to snap out of this. And Lily's like, yeah, Joni's been evil since the second grade. And then we get a flashback of Lily flying a kite and being like, I love my kite. My kite is so great. And then Joni comes over and just cuts the string with a pair of scissors. <laughs> All right. Something extremely similar to this happened at my elementary school. It reminded me of it immediately. Uh, there were two friends. Actually, they were, one of them was my friend. One of them was not my friend. Uh, they had this ongoing rivalry for all the way from like grade one to grade six at elementary school. And basically the story here is uh, one of them was from, should I give them names? Should I give them fake names for this story? I'll call her uh, Alice. <laughs> Alice was like, Hey, Herbert, can I, can I borrow an eraser? And Herbert was like, sure. So Herbert gives Alice an eraser and Alice takes out a pair of scissors and cuts the eraser up into a bunch of tiny pieces. And Herbert's and, and she tells Herbert, well, you had so many other erasers. I figured you didn't need this one. And basically that instigated like a six years long rivalry. Jeez. Much like Lily and Joni. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very odd. That's a weird thing to do yeah. to someone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah. And then also, I mean, in the same flashback, Lily's like holding a balloon. She's like, I love my balloon. My balloon is great. <laughs> Joni just pops it immediately. Mm-hmm. So it's that was the root of things. And I will acknowledge that, like, from Lily's perspective, it seems like she didn't do anything to provoke Joni. And also, they're on the beach in these scenes. They're on the beach set. Yeah. And, like, the shack is there, but it's not, like, like decorated. Like, it doesn't have the Rico sign on it. Because I assume Rico was busy uh, being born at the time. <laughs> yeah, um, I wish... I wish that it was, like, it said Rico's on it, and Rico was, like, two and a half. Yeah, it's, like, he, he like, crawls across the counter. (laughs) Yeah. They're, like, Oliver, promise us that you won't ask out Joni. And he's, like, okay, okay, I won't. And, but then Joni immediately walks over, and she's, like, I took your book instead. You want to go out? And he's, like, yes. (laughs) Just without even, like, missing, like, a single beat. (laughs) Just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I love to. Hey, man, what did we just say? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, well, he did it. He's not the one who asked her. Mm-hmm. She asked him, so he didn't break the promise. Yes, this is true. Then, presumably, the next day, 
Lily and Miley are like down on the beach and they're like, we haven't heard from Oliver about how his date went. And then like he and Joni walk by and they're like are arm in arm. And Joni and Lily are like immediately at each other's throats. Like no, no pretense. They see each other and then are like yelling at each other. <laughs> uh-huh. Then Oliver guides Joni through like some breathing exercises to help her calm down. He's like, calm, breathe in breathe out and i was like this it is so cute very i love them but yeah and that but then like it was ruined when they started hamming it up for to like try and make it funny like like yes like love doodle and what i was like oh come on why they call each other like, love doodle big o i'm not a fan of yes. either of those but i particularly don't like her calling him big o <laughs> yeah that that just is like come on <laughs> Anyway, Joni, like, walks away. I think they said to, like, buy a ceramic dolphin or something. It, to buy, like, a dolphin figurine or something. I don't know. But Oliver to Miley and Lily is like, guys, I would really appreciate it if you could just try to be nice to her. And Lily stays mad, but Miley caves and is like, fine. We'll invite Joni to our sleepover that we're having. And we cut to them setting up for the sleepover. <laughs> and Lily has put a snake in Joni's sleeping bag. And Miley assumes that it's a rubber snake because it clearly and 100% visually is a rubber snake. But Lily's <laughs> like, no, actually, it's a real snake. I'll take it outside. And she like picks it up and is like holding it. And it's so clearly not real. And she's like, it's okay, little buddy. I'll put you outside. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on, Wiggly. You don't want to meet her anyway. Uh, yeah, I just... If you're going to say it's a real creature, it needs to be believable when you hold it up as, like, a real creature. <laughs> like, they, they could have said oh, that look, she put, like, a real. spider in her bed. And then she could have, like, mm-hmm. held it in her hands. And then we wouldn't have had to see it. But, like, she's like, oh, no, it's a real snake. And she holds it up and it's just limply hanging there. She's, like, I'm holding it by the head. <laughs> It's by far the weakest prop in the history of Hannah Montana. They inserted like a sound, like a snake sound effect, like a. They They did. It was so bad. (laughs) It like bordered on camp for me. That like fake snake sound (laughs) as she's holding this limp rubber snake. Uh yeah, I don't. I love using the word camp to describe anything that just sucks in order to defend it. Right? (laughs) Yeah, you're like, well, uh, it's camp. (laughs) Yeah, it's like. yeah it's like everyone else Santa Montana sucks no it's actually camp (laughs) I will say that I would I would argue that most of Hannah Montana is not camp but it it dips into camp in certain moments yes for sure I don't think I don't think I can consider the horrors of the b-plot to be camp though those are just scary oh god no oh god I'm afraid to discuss that. <laughs> but anyway, Oliver drops off Joni at Miley's house and he reminds her, he's like, hey, my friends are your friends. And I'm like, that's not how that usually works. <laughs> I mean, it's like, um, people make this observation all the time, but like you can't force people to be friends with each other. And if you organically build a friendship, then that's fine and normal but you can't just say oh my friends are your friends now because we're together that's never going to just happen (laughs) so i 
I mean, they end up becoming friends, kind of. But, <laughs> but Oliver's just like, hey, remember, you're here to please me, even though we've been dating for like two days. It would really mean <laughs> a lot to me if you would just be nice to these people you've hated for years. By spending time with them alone overnight. Right. Uh, that, you know, normal thing for people that hate each other to do. <laughs> Why not start small with, like, all going out for lunch or something? But whatever. Yeah. Miley, to her credit, tries very hard to be nice to Joni. But both Joni and Lily are not really on board with this whole scenario. And Miley's like, what do you guys want to do? And they say puke and then leave. <laughs> That was funny. That was funny. Uh, And then later, they're watching something on TV, and Joni's playing, like, a Game Boy game, which, like, immediately leads to her and Lily bickering. And then Miley tries to get them to do something more fun together, but Joni and Lily are, like, like a pillow fight, and then they immediately start, like, beating each other with pillows from the couch. And then... Later, they're trying to watch TV, but, like, Joni has the remote, and she won't stop flipping through the channels. And she eventually settles on what I assume would be the music video for Life's What You Make It. Because I don't know why. Because they they frequently turn on the TV, and Hannah Montana's just performing something. Mm -hmm. And I guess... Is it it a rerun of the Uncle Earl concert on Barney Bittman? I... Maybe. I, I just... I guess I assume that, like... Whatever MTV is in the HMU probably at this point still plays music videos and they just always play Hannah Montana. Like, I don't know why she's always, it's never like interviews with Hannah Montana. It's always just her singing and we never see it. (laughs) Wait, you hit the episode that was like Jackson turning on the TV and like the best of both and best of both worlds starts playing. He's like, when is this not on? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So maybe they're just, maybe... Joni just put on the show Hannah Montana that apparently somehow exists in the Hannah Montana cinematic universe. I guess. See, this is this is where it gets kind of like Pandora's boxy for me because Billy Ray Cyrus does exist in the HMU and theoretically Miley Cyrus exists in the HMU. And what if they are doing like a TV show about Hannah Montana in the HMU? <laughs> We can't know that yeah. they aren't. And then Miley Stewart is like, they're on to us. <laughs> That's true. Because if that and were the case. just like us. If that were the case, I mean, maybe it's just like about Hannah Montana as like a person. Maybe it's not. Maybe like Miley isn't a character on Hannah Montana in the HMU. This is where it gets really complicated is when I go down this well, Let's just assume that Jackson watched one of those MTV music videos. Yes. And leave it be. Yes. <laughs> But anyway, it's life's what you make it. And Joni rags on Hannah. She's like, it's insane that this girl has a career. She's terrible. Uh, which makes Miley snap and be with with Lily on her side. Oliver then calls to check in. And he's like, why aren't you guys all sitting together? Because he's spying through the kitchen window. Uh, and he's like, well, thanks anyway for trying. I do appreciate it. And Miley's like, well, Lily, the least we can do is fake it. So let's try to fake it. Joni then changes the channel to be like some sort of hockey game. And Miley's like, oh, yeah, I love hockey. And Lily actually does like hockey. And they very quickly begin to bond, which makes Miley feel sort of awkward. I want to mention 
a joke that I thought was really funny, but they didn't have a laugh track for. And I was like, why would you not put a laugh track here? So earlier when when Lily, I don't know, said something mean to Joni, Miley was like, now Lillian, I'm sure there's a nicer way you can say that. And then when Miley is Oh like, yes, I did like I that. Hate her too, Lily says, now Mylian, I'm sure there's a nicer way you can say that. And they just didn't have a laugh track at Lily calling her Mylian. That was funny. I liked I liked both of those moments. Mm. <laughs> that was really funny. Is Lily's name canonically Lillian? I, I'm pretty sure it is. I think so. I always just Which in makes general it that much like funnier it. that Lily just made up calling her Mylian. Right. Yeah. Um, I do always like it when people like just make up longer versions of names and call people that. Yeah. Like uh, mm-hmm. Courtney, Courtney and I have been watching Glee and one time we were talking about the character Quinn and <laughs> Courtney called her Quinnifer, <laughs> which I really liked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, um, about Dan Povenmire, who's one of the creators of Phineas and Ferb. I have no idea how it started, but there's like an in-joke in the fandom community of people calling him Dantable. <laughs> well, and then, uh, of course, we also have Robert and Bobbert on this show. Of course. And Courtney always calls Robbie Ray Robert Raymond. <laughs> Even though there's no Robert evidence Raymond that that's Stewart's his name. <laughs> But... Anyway, the next Jackson Rodney Stewartson. Then. <laughs> Stewartson then. Jackson Rodney. <laughs> um, the next morning, Miley is like having a nightmare, but when she wakes up, she's like still very mad about Joni. And Lily confesses that somewhere between the hockey and the spitting contest that they apparently had the night before, Lily and Joni stopped faking their friendship and it became a real friendship. And at this point, Jackson comes downstairs and is like, I'm leaving for work. And then he immediately does this very impressive stunt fall on the deck. And it was so impressive that my boyfriend who was walking through the room was like, that was an impressive stunt fall. It was. Was it Jason Earls? I didn't pay close enough attention to try and figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it looked like him from behind. I mean... I have no reason to think it wouldn't be. I mean, I guess I guess it's possible they would have gotten. They the spent their person, snake money Jason on Earl's making the stunt seems... actor look like Jason Earls. Right, and Jason Earls also just seems game to do that. So for sure, mm-hmm. I'm I'm willing to bet that it was him, but I'm of course I'm open to be proven wrong. Yeah. Also, I know we've like half moved Stop past the scene, but but like hearing people talk about hockey on TV is just like so cringe to me. Like it's always it always just makes me squirm. Like there was a victorious episode where they were like trying to pretend to know about hockey. And now in this one, they're just like, you There's know, There's a lot of hockey stuff in this. Sports words. There is. And but it's like when it's first introduced, they talk about Mario Lachambeau, who's making another comeback, uh, which is not a real person, by the way, but I I'm <laughs> am pretty sure it I am pretty sure it's a reference to Mario Lemieux, who like made I think like at least like retired and then came back. Um, mm-hmm. And by the time he retired, he was like 40. And at this point in 2009, he would have been, I don't know, 43 ish. And he was retired at this point. And when Miley's like, I bet he can't even shoot a touchdown. Yes. <laughs> the hockey scene that we get in this, I was confused by because and like, we're, we're not that far off from it, but it's at like an indoor arena 
but it's not ice hockey. They're like on rollerblades in like a very small enclosed space. I was kind of confused by it. Yes, but I I think we're I supposed know. to believe that they're just not showing us the entire arena, and we're yeah. only seeing like half of it. I I guess I just think it's odd that there's like an indoor, non ice hockey arena where they are. <laughs> like oh, I've never heard of I, that I, being a thing. I think it's called like blade not hockey that I'm or super something. Tuned into it, but uh. No, like that definitely does exist, but I thought it was, they're like watching, I think, ice hockey on TV. And then it's like, let's go to that blade hockey pickup game today that we always have here in Los Angeles that everyone's invited to. Yeah, that anyone can participate in. <laughs> mm-hmm. At an hour's notice. Yeah, so Jackson does that pratfall and it's implied that it's because Lily and Joni made the deck very slippery with their spitting contest which i don't know how that would work but sure Joni then enters and she and lily like already have nicknames for each other they already have like a secret handshake i'm like dang did you guys stay up all night like that's the only way that you would have had enough time to bond this like severely and even then it's pretty surprising it's so important for the writers of the show to understand that people don't come up with nicknames for each other, just like in general. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> it loses any sense of realism for me to see them being like, Hey, Hey, Joan bone. That's not what she said, but it makes it okay. All of a sudden, like, <laughs> this isn't, this is no longer believable. If they're making up nicknames for each other unironically. Yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, I, came up with like a lot of nicknames for for myself and for my friends but like 90% of those have not lasted since then and i don't really with people in my life today come up with nicknames my very young sister and she she like has instigated us coming up with nicknames for each other but yeah it's it's not like a quick thing usually like like if you come up with one you then have to sort of wait for it to catch on which takes time (laughs) i don't even have a nickname for rick and i've known him for almost four years like (laughs) you know and we like live together so it just it, it always does whenever like children on television who are like in love or whatever have nicknames for each other i'm like what is up you guys Yeah, like, especially with all the nicknames on this show, it's very much like, I'm going to come up with a nickname for you now. Like, they're very obviously not ones that would have come about organically. It's like, we've been dating for, like, half a day, and I'm calling you O-Dog now, or whatever, (laughs) or Big O. (laughs) Yeah, you just simply don't have enough time with that person to organically come up with a nickname. But anyway... Yeah, they already have nicknames for each other. They already have a secret handshake. Miley feels confused and threatened. Oliver shows up. He's like, how'd it go? I definitely wasn't watching through the window. And Lily and Joni are like, we're going to play hockey later. And he's like, that's so cool. And then Robbie Ray enters. And at this point, I was like, God, there has been no Robbie Ray in this episode. Here he is, I guess. He's here for this one scene to say like three lines. 
And he says this very weird line about BFFs. I took note of this. Okay. First of all, uh, I just want to mention how odd it is that Oliver is the one picking up Joni from the sleepover instead of like a parent. Right? When Oliver, when Oliver, like, it's not like he can drive. They're not 16 yet. So maybe he's, he's going to ride the bus with her. Yeah. So I actually, I noticed like a couple minutes before this, like 10 minutes in, like, oh, I guess there's just no Robbie Ray in this episode. If someone's not there for like the entire first half, I guess it's safe to assume they're not coming in. Then 14 and a half minutes in, he walks in <laughs> and says, and says, well, look at that. A room full of BFFFFFs, which... First of all, that is decidedly not how that initialism would work. No, that's what I that's what I'm saying cuz the second F in BFF Best friends forever friend friend friend. Right. He's saying that's it what Robbie He's Ray saying, saying it like BFF means your single best friend. And so he walks in and he's like, "Okay, best friend, Maybe. best friend, best friend." Even though best friends forever is plural. So it doesn't make any sense. And he says it in a weird... Anytime they ask Billy Ray Cyrus to say slang, it never works. They just need to stop having him do it because he never says it right. I I think we're thinking of the same thing in the Jonas Brothers episode when he was like... And he was like, that is L-O-L. He's like, oh, you boys, (laughs) L-O-L. Yeah. It's like, dude. And Miley's like, you know, LOL. And I'm like, both of you are so off base in your line delivery right now. <laughs> oh, you boys, LOL. I will never be over that. It's, just stop making so him gross. say these acronyms. It never comes out right. And maybe he was thinking best friend and friend and friend and friend forever. That's the most generous interpretation I can give. But the fact that he has like the S at the end, he's like BFFFFs, is, as you said, it gives way to the fact that you could have just said BFFs and then they're all best friends. But it, he says it that way because then he gets to make the joke that he hasn't seen that many Fs since Jackson's report card, which is upsetting <laughs> that Jackson has failed that many classes. <laughs> I know. He's going to get held back. That, that Robbie Ray is like, ooh, I'm funny. Yeah. And also, it's only one more person than usual. Like, Joni's the only one that's not there regularly. Like, Miley, Oliver, and Lily, all three of them hang out together in his house all the time. He's like, wow, so many friends here. I, 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 it's so crazy that there are so many friends in this house. I'm like, it's one extra person. <laughs> Yeah. But sure. <laughs> I think uh, someone thought of that joke about Jackson's report card and was like, how do I make this a reality? How do I find a decent setup? Yeah. But at this point, as they're like leaving, Miley gets like very mad at Lily for becoming friends with Joni. Uh, which I'm like, you know, she was doing what you were trying to do. Like she, she successfully did what you were trying to get her to do. And now you're mad at her. <laughs> like it's... Like, okay. Because she doesn't I mean, like it's... Hannah Montana is why Miley why Miley changed her mind about like actually wanting to become friends with Joan. It's like, oh, she doesn't like Hannah Montana. I guess we'll just have to fake it then. Yeah, that's that's the last thing we had seen. And I mean, it becomes very clear that Miley's actual reasoning for not liking Joni now is that she's jealous, all, all that she has in common with Lily. But it is such a turn on a dime. Like, 
I almost wonder if the Hannah Montana of it all hadn't happened and Miley had woken up to find that Lily and Joni had become friends while she was sleeping. Like, would she have been okay with it? Because if she'd gone to sleep still with the goal of like, we have to be nice to Joni, I need Lily to stop being so mean to Joni. And she wakes up and she finds that like Lily actually did that. I don't know. The root of it all is jealousy anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think a part of it is kind of like Miley wanted her and Lily to become friends with Joni. And then she wakes up and it's just Lily being friends with Joni. And they're bonding over something mm-hmm. that she doesn't like. Is That's probably where that anger comes from. But like th- this trope of like, oh, I'm, I'm sad that my best friend has another friend. It's like, really? We're going over this again? I feel like that was only done well in Wizards of Waverly Place. Uh, with with Stevie when when Harper was like, oh, Alex has a wizard friend and I'm not a wizard, so I can't measure up. And I was like, hey, this there's like some extra level of intrigue at least, but it just bores me most of the time. Mm-hmm. I I would have liked just a little more clarity in this as to Miley and Joni's like relationship at the start of the episode because the last time we saw Joni, it seemed like both Miley and Lily didn't like her. But in this, it seems like Lily's kind of the only one with a problem with her. And Miley's just kind of supporting Lily. I w- like, like when Lily got her like flashback to her and Joni as like second graders. I know that Miley didn't know Joni then because she didn't live there. But if we could have gotten some, just like a little more context on like where they were coming from. I think it could have been, just just for like clarity's sake, I think it would have improved this section of the episode yeah i think joni's other appearance i think it was mostly the same thing of lily having the main beef and miley just kind of cheering lily on because it wasn't like they're drafting the the football teams for gym class or something and lily was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna destroy you and miley's like yeah she will you know right so (laughs) i Because it does lead me to think, okay, it seems like the Hannah Montana thing was, like, the only thing that Miley really has a problem with Joni over now that Lily doesn't have her issues with Joni anymore. So, and obviously the jealousy, but it the episode is still pretty good. I'll, I'll give it that. It does a lot yeah. more work than most of these other episodes do. I just kind of wish that there had just been, like, a moment where we get a little bit more information about how Miley feels about Joni from the jump, but whatever. Then Miley has this like imaginary sequence, this imaginary, like (laughs) this is so weird. Uh, Miley goes over to Robbie Ray and she tries to complain about what's going on. And he has no sympathy. He's like, Oh no, children are friends with each other. How could that be? That's so awful. Uh, But Miley's like, listen, this is what's going to happen to me in the future. And it's Joni, Oliver, and Lily, like, at school, all wearing matching hockey jerseys. And Miley's like, hey, guys, want to hang out? And they blow her off. And, like, they call her Millie. And they call her yeah, a loser. That was, I thought that was, and that's, like, That really it. got me. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that, that obviously caught my eye was just walking through the hallways at school in full hockey equipment. Yeah. Like, not just jerseys, but, like, all the padding and everything. And it also really got me really was like, no way, Millie, we got a hockey game today. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, my name's not Millie. 
and and yeah, and Robbie Ray's like, Lily and Oliver would never just like drop you like that. And Miley's like, well, I'm going to make sure of it. I'm going to go play hockey. And <laughs> it's like, okay. But so they go to this like indoor roller hockey rink. Miley <laughs> rolls up to this hockey thing wearing like a full like, I assume it kind of looks like what you'd wear to play hockey. But it, to me, it just looks like an umpire outfit. <laughs> like It's got like, like yeah, the helmet it's, it's and everything. Yeah, it's an umpire mask. Yeah, she basically just like grabbed up all the sporting equipment she could find, plus oven mitts. Yes, because she's hockey gloves were not accessible. And uh, Lily's like, "Well, Miley, I'm glad that you're here, but are you sure that you really want to do this? Because you don't really like sports. You're not very good at them." Uh, and Miley's like, "Yeah, I love doing this." And she gets tackled a ton, and then afterwards lily is like nursing miley and like putting ice on her head and miley honestly seems concussed to me she's playing this like she just had a concussion yes she gets like knocked to the floor it's anyway Mm -hmm. but uh one thing that really bugs me about them playing hockey is that all of them have a habit of just stopping playing while the game is going on to just speak (laughs) Like, play the game while the game's happening. And they'll just like, you know, oh, I'm going to stop here by the boards. And at that point, I'm assuming like, okay, I guess it's like a break or between the plays or something. But then people come by and will, you know, hit Miley. And all of a sudden, wow, clearly wasn't. She just stopped playing to talk. Yeah, I mean, Miley clearly knows absolutely nothing about hockey. Like, Lily and Joni did this yeah, too. Yeah, but yeah, they, they're always stopping to like wave to people or talk or whatever. I mean, anytime that they take them to a location that is not one of the main locations, they never quite know what to do there when they're like shooting the episode. (laughs) Yeah. They never quite know how to block it properly. They're just like, they're here now. They're going to do what they normally do. Doesn't matter what the setting is. (laughs) Just deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, Miley, like, confesses that she's scared that Joni is stealing her best friends. And Lily and Oliver talk her down and are like, you know that we wouldn't do that to you. Like, you know us well enough. Like, you're important to us. And Miley's like, I just really don't like Joni. And Oliver's like, I appreciate that you tried because Joni doesn't like you either, but it's fine. (laughs) And they point out that it's normal for them not to like each other's dates. And Lily and Oliver rattle off various guys that Miley has dated that they didn't like. And and then, like, Joni gets, like, tackled up against a wall. And Miley's like, I could learn to like hockey. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I thought it might be worth mentioning that among the exes they rattle off is Jake Ryan. Yes. <laughs> and also Trey from a couple episodes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, what? Actually, wait, I brought, was it Trey that bad or was it just his parents? His parents were bad. Although I yeah. personally didn't like him either because he never defended Miley. <laughs> so. Okay, I didn't remember if he defended her or not because I haven't seen that episode he, in a while, but... he, like, in the loosest of ways, with the softest of, like, intonations, in quotes, right. defended her. <laughs> he did not he did okay, not do okay. nearly enough to stop what his literal parents were doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then they also mentioned Josh, and I don't remember which one Josh is. 
wasn't was Josh the guy that she took to the Hannah Montana concert or that took her to the Hannah Montana concert like episode that's four? That's what I thought. That's that's what I assumed because uh, I didn't remember who else Josh would be because it wasn't like the little boy that she dated to make Jake Ryan jealous. I know that. Yeah, Willis. Yeah. Uh huh. Willis is a senior <laughs> in elementary school. <laughs> no one says they're a senior in elementary school. That's what always made that line funny <laughs> to me. Is that it's so dumb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think those were the only ones that they mentioned. It wouldn't really make sense for them to mention anyone else, I don't think. Yeah, I think it was just those three. Yeah, unless that if it was like the dancer who like wanted to take her out and then that led into Roxy or something. But but anyway, that's that's the A plot. I will give it points for having a decent resolution and like Lily and Oliver being very nice in that last scene. Yeah, and it started off very strong, like right before the credit sequence. Like that was a really good that was funny. It was funny. So <laughs> this means we have to talk about the B plot now. I've been dreading this moment. <sighs> All right, okay. It, okay, so I as you might know by now, uh I'm relatively lenient to these Jackson Rico B plots and I try to, you know, give them points wherever I can. The Okay, is this the best B-plot ever? No. Is it the worst B-plot ever? No. Uh, I would say yes. It actually, yes. It might be yes. The worst <laughs> B-plot ever. <laughs> uh, this this was not my least favorite. Uh, it's incredibly odd, and the imagery in it is terrifying. But I, like, want to give both Jackson and Rico credit in this. Like, they both are funny, for the most part. Yes, I was I was speaking more to the writing and the just the concept behind it being so piss poor from beginning <laughs> to end. Nothing against either actor or character. I do think it is a weak concept. And I was surprised that there wasn't any like twist to the B plot. It just was what it was. There was no twist. Like I thought it was gonna yeah. be that like Rico had been doing this purposefully to mess with Jackson or something, but like Rico so Jackson dates Rico's cousin in the B-plot, and I thought that Rico would, like, have a problem with that, but Rico seems to be, like, genuinely cool with Jackson dating his cousin, and Jackson just kind of gets himself into trouble. Like, Rico, Rico, there's, like, no, like, there's no, like, malicious hand of Rico in this plot, which I thought, I was very surprised by. I really thought there was going to be a twist, because that's how it always is with a Jackson and Rico B-plot. Mm-hmm. I feel like this entire B-plot was just a build-up towards the most horrifying scene in Disney Channel history. (laughs) They were like, this is the big joke that we have to build towards the entire time. (laughs) And it made me want to (laughs) vomit. So, the B-plot starts with what, again, this is what I assumed the B-plot would, like, be about, which is that Rico's down on the beach... And some kid is asking him to use the bathroom, but Rico charges a dollar to use the bathroom now. And Rico is like, well, you shouldn't have bought the extra large drink. And the kid's like, you talked me into it, Uh, which is very in line with Rico's character and with uh, billionaires in general. (laughs) He would do any of that. But that that has nothing to do with the rest of the B-plot. Absolutely nothing. So meanwhile... Uh, Jackson is working and a girl comes up to him and is like, hey, what's good at the shack? 
And he's like, me. And also the macho nachos. And the flirting goes over very well with this girl. She's very receptive to going on a date with him. And he makes her laugh. And when she laughs, she says, mwahaha. <laughs> like Rico does. And it's very, it's not the best performance from this girl. I'll say it. It's very forced. <laughs> it does not sound like real laughter. Well, I think generally the mwahaha laugh is hard to pull off without having it sound evil. And Rico's always does it like an evil yeah, laugh. Yeah, if you're just doing it ordinarily. Su- supposed to be a genuine yeah. laugh. So that turned me off immediately. <laughs> yeah, and Rico's like, ah, I see you met my cousin. And Jackson's like, yeah. And Rico's like, She's, her laugh. He's like, it's really, and Rico's like, annoying. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Uh, and then the next scene is Jackson and Rico's cousin. And I don't, do they ever say her name? She like has a name on That's IMDb, but I didn't write it down. And I don't think they ever say it. I do not remember the name at all. I don't think it was mentioned. But I do want to say that this actor playing Rico's cousin was is like I think two years younger than Jason mm-hmm. Earls. But as we know, Jackson is supposed to be about 16, and this woman is clearly a fully grown adult. <laughs> and it was very hard for me to be like, all right, so is this also supposed to be a teenager, or is Jackson going on a date with like a 30-year-old? I mean, I think she's probably supposed to be a teenager. But yeah, but I agree that she does look her age, her like real age. <laughs> I guess it didn't stand out too bad because Jason Earls is also in his 30s. So they just looked like they could be similar age. And knowing that Jackson's supposed to be 16, it's like, okay, well, she's probably 16. I guess so. You know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She looks Disney Channel 16. Then this this date that they Mm -hmm. go on is just on the beach also. Everyone, they only go on dates to the beach. I mean, they couldn't have it at, you know, the house or the school or the hockey arena. Or so Vitolos. I guess the beach was the best option. <laughs> yeah, or Vitolos. <laughs> Let them go back to Vitolos for their date. Mm-hmm. The return of Vitolos. Yes. But yeah, so they're on, on a date on the beach. And it's always weird to me that whenever people are having a date on the beach, they're only the only ones around. There's no one else trying to have a date on the beach. There's no one else just because walking it's nighttime. on the beach. Sure, but like these people Everyone always knows know you to go to can't the beach, go to the beach at nighttime unless you're one of the main characters. They're the only ones who know that the beach at night is the best place to have a date. Although pretty much every date that happens on the beach in this is like cursed. Like like across the series. Anytime uh, like two people go on a date to the beach together, it never ends well. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other example. Well, Miley Are you and counting Jake, like course. Miley giving Jake? Yeah. Well, did that actually like end poorly or? Well, their relationship was it just bad did. planning. Well, yeah, but like the date itself. I don't know. One of the times they went down to the but beach like... at night, the paparazzi in like a helicopter flew over them. That's not great. I'm pretty sure that was. I'm pretty sure that was the exact time when Miley was like, "I'm Hannah Montana," and then like it a was. helicopter showed up right yes. away. Yeah. Jackson's been down at the beach at night before and it's never gone well for him either. Like he went down to the beach at night and uh, he got like frozen in carbonite by Rico. Like, 
Oh, yes. But uh, I think I was on for that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, they're on the beach having their date at night and she can't stop laughing, which makes him very uncomfortable. He leans in, presumably to kiss her, and her eyes immediately have, like, Rico's face. Immediately in after sitting down, that kind of struck me that it was like, well, welcome to our date. Let's sit and immediately kiss. I also thought that was weird. I guess we. Yeah, I guess it was the start of the date. They just sat down. This is the second episode in a row where someone has gone on a first date, and before the date has happened, a kiss has happened. That's not how, that, like, no one does that, right? I'm not crazy. Like, nobody does That's that. That's typically not how it works. No, um, you, well, don't, you don't kiss at the start of a first Jackson date, Jackson got usually. scared. <laughs> yeah, typically. Uh, but, of course, this kiss actually doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I think the only way that would happen is, like, if you've known each other for a very long time and you're, like, finally dating or something, then I think it would be less weird. But in both of these instances, it's one of the Stewart children and ostensibly a stranger and it's the very start of the date and there's like kissing or attempted kissing going on that is not how it works i have never once gone on a first date where we have kissed at the start of the date (laughs) never once (laughs) 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 but anyway he leans in to kiss her her eyes have rico's face in them and he says hey oh and jackson's like ah and then he leans in to try to kiss her again. And this time her face morphs into Rico's face, which was genuinely horrifying. Um, have you seen the iCarly episode? I assume you haven't because no. you said you barely watched any iCarly <laughs> where Spencer dates Gibby's mom because this happens there too. When like her, her face morphs into Gibby's face. And then from her point of view, Spencer's face morphs into Carly's face. And it's just disturbing all around. Was the visual effects better on that episode of iCarly? Because the effects on this were chilling. I imagine it was the exact same effects, if I'm remembering correctly. It was like, yeah, this that's just what they did on iCarly. What they did on Hannah Montana. Same thing. Cursed. Very cursed. Very much nightmare fuel. I sent you that screen grab of like the super close-up of her of her pupils or of her face with Rico in them. Like, this looks yeah. like a straight out of a horror movie. Which I had not watched the episode yet at that point when you sent that to me. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed it was from what I was about to watch. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, to get that out of nowhere, I was like, what? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, at least you didn't send me. This is a Calvin hack? His face on her head, because that would have actually really scared me. But yeah, it's it's terrifying. Jackson basically runs away after that happens. He gives a very bad excuse, but he just runs away. He just like leaves her there. <laughs> the next scene is that Jackson goes to work and the cousin is there. She's like waxing her surfboard. And Jackson's like, you know, the truth is, I I have to tell you the truth about why I left our date last night. He's like determined to get over this because he likes her. He's like, you know, I'm just going to be honest and we're just going to make it work. But then he gets a phone call. So he has to like walk away for a second. And it's Miley asking if he has any hockey stuff she can borrow. And he's like, no, what are you talking about? Leave me alone. (laughs) Try a sporting goods store or Canada. 
Yeah. And uh, while he's on the phone with her, Rico comes out wearing the same wetsuit that his cousin is wearing. And he's like, oh, hey, I can finish doing this one. Uh, Your board's like in the back or whatever. She's like, oh, thanks. She like goes. And so Rico's there. And Jackson gets off the phone call and turns around and just assumes that he's imagining her looking like Rico instead of the reality of the situation, which is that she left and Rico showed up. He just assumes that Rico is her. And he's like, you know what? I, I can overcome this. I can do this. And he like dips Rico over his knee and like goes to kiss him. And Rico like screams in horror. <laughs> I must. Okay. First of all, I need to give some, I need to give some credit to Moises Arias for that scream. He was, he's very funny is, in this. <laughs> that is the correct reaction to what just happened. So uh, good for him for that. But. This is, you know, those, those scenes, those, those videos that are like big bang theory without laugh yes. track or like whatever, without laugh track. This is the scene I, I want to see without the laugh track because it would, I, it would be chilling. It would be. it would be the climax of some kind of like extremely disturbing psychoanalysis hallucination play in which the audience is like holding their breath, trying not to puke. <laughs> anyway, like. Yeah, Rico's screaming, and, like, it's, like, as the cousin comes back, I don't know how she would have interpreted the situation, because I feel like it's very insane to assume that what was happening was actually happening, that, like, her, like, 12-year-old cousin's employee tried to hold him and kiss him, like, it just is very odd, but anyway, she, like, runs away, and then... Rico's like, if this is your way of kissing up to the boss, it's not working. <laughs> Which, like, okay. That is a funny line to say in response to that. I hate how much we're both laughing about it. I mean, like, it's really bizarre. It's a bizarre B-plot to do. I don't know how they came up with this. But it was funny to watch. Like, it was scary, but it was, like, scary funny. <laughs> I think, and uh, I think again, it comes down to Jason Earls and Moises Arias were both like selling it. <laughs> and I think the fact that there was that pre-established power dynamic of Rico being Jackson's boss yes. allowed it to be kind of funny. Whereas if this was just some kid, it would be not funny at all. No, if it was just some random kid, no. But like they, with mm-hmm. their. Or even if it was, like, someone that, like, like Jackson already knew, uh, but someone who, you know, didn't typically, you know, have control over Jackson. Yeah. The bumper of the episode is that another girl comes up to Jackson at the shack. He responds the exact same way as he did with the first girl. She responds well and is, like, into it. And Rico's like, oh, you met my sister. And... For starters, I don't necessarily buy that that's Rico's sister. They do not look very much alike. But Jackson immediately starts seeing these, like, mini Ricos, like, sitting on her shoulders. And they're, like, heckling him. And Jackson, like, responds to the Ricos, which offends Rico's sister, who, like, dumps a cup of water on him. And Jack Jackson's like, Rico, you're ruining my life. And Rico replies, "Oh, you say the sweetest things. <laughs> and that's the whole end of the episode. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's probably best for everyone involved if Jackson never dates any of Rico's relatives. So yeah, I mean, in that it sense, wouldn't have gone well, out fine. even if like none of this had happened. Like it would have gone wrong in some other way. I'm sure. Of course. But uh, but that's the B plot, and that's the episode. So. <laughs> I just, I feel like a lot of this was fairly unexpected to me. I wasn't expecting most of the plot of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just glad the B plot is over now. We can move on to better ones. <laughs> Are there going to be better ones? <laughs> I assume there will be a better one somewhere along the line. Yeah. Was there anything that we didn't touch on that you need to address? Uh, not about this episode, but I did want to mention, you pointed out to me recently that One in a Million is a cover. Yes. And I have not been well since. Right? <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I was like, oh, I listened to the original version. I was like, yeah, this is pretty much exactly what it would sound like, isn't it? Um, but I just like, it feels like Disney must be so intent on hiding that for so few people to know about it. And I mean, I assume it's pretty easy for them to do so. I mean, the original song, I don't think was like very popular. And it was by like a, it was written by like some German songwriters for what I assume is like a German pop star, despite the fact that she sings in English. So, and it was from like, like three or four years before Hannah Montana. It wasn't that far before. So I kind of figured that. I don't necessarily think it was like a secret or anything. I think it was just like, hey, no one ever heard this song that we put out. Do you want the rights to it or something? Like, I feel like it was maybe more like that. But because I, yeah. I I, had no idea. I didn't know until I was like doing research for the soundtrack episodes. And I actually found this out like while we were recording it. Because I, like, hadn't noticed that it says, like, on the Genius page for the lyrics to One in a Million that it's, like, a cover. And I, like, looked it up while we were recording. But, yeah, it's it's insane. I, I was very surprised. <laughs> and they only had to mm-hmm. change, like, one line in the whole song. <laughs> what line did they change? There was a line in the original about, I feel drunk, but I'm sober, or something like that. And they... You can't oh, okay. have a child on Disney Channel say that they're drunk or that they know what it feels like to be drunk. <laughs> so, or that they even know the word drunk. Exactly. I think that's the only thing that was changed. I recently found out that um, the song Oxygen from Teen Beach Movie, which is like the opening sequence song, I found out that was a cover by someone named Hoku, who I think is like a Hawaiian musician. And I consider myself to be a big Teen Beach Movie fan. So this was this was shocking to me. Uh, and one line they changed in the original, you know, it was like, I think about you both day and night. And in the movie, they changed it to, I think about you boy day and night. And that's a change. I, I just, I don't understand. Yeah, that, that is odd. <laughs> I almost wonder if something as small as that was like even intentional or if it was just like, it just got muddled somewhere. Yeah, we'll leave it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, here's another thing I wanted to mention that's related are you aware of the Emily Osment and Mitchell Musso cover of uh, If I Didn't Have You from Monsters, Inc.? 
Uh, I don't think I've listened to it, but I am, like, aware of its existence because I uh, would get, like, the Disney Mania CDs from the library, which is uh, what I assume that's for because every Disney yeah, star yeah, yeah. ever had to do stuff for that. <laughs> have you seen the music video for it? Because I watched it no. for the first time and I have no idea how long recently. Okay, I think you should watch it now and live react to it if you want I to. I do love Disney Channel um, music videos of that era. Like, I love all the Disney Channel Circle of Stars videos. This one, they basically just walk around. They basically just walk around. And it starts off with Mitchell Musso being like, Mic check, one, two, one, two, yo, it's working. Welcome to the best collaboration of all time. And I, that gets me every time. It's really funny. They're like the greatest <laughs> I see collaboration the music video of for all it. time. <laughs> they also have a video of them like recording it together in the studio. And I like need to send you like the screenshot of the thumbnail for it. I think I've seen them both. Wait, if I didn't have you. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're talking about. <laughs> Mitchell Musto in like a white tank top. Looks like he has two black oh, eyes. Oh my gosh. You can barely see his eyes because of his hair. Yeah. I'm almost certain that that's, you know, one of those, it's not actually them recording live, but it's like, hey, pretend you're recording and we'll put like a, you know, ask like a promo or something. And because first of all, because that's almost always what those are. And also they're singing into the same microphone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The intro to this is something. Big T on the track. And they're at like some school or I have no idea. Is that like a community center? This makes for some great podcast audio. This is very weird. I think it's because they're trying to make like a modern pop remix of like a Randy Newman song. I know. It's very (laughs) odd. But this was actually the first version I heard of this song before I knew it was from Monsters, Inc. But in hindsight, I don't know how I didn't immediately tell. Like, this is obviously a cover of something much better than it. And I was correct. Well, yeah. I mean, ooh, comments are turned off for this video. Interesting. Yeah. On all the, like, YouTube kids, so, like, Disney music and stuff, comments are always turned off, sadly. I would love to see the comments on this. Yeah. Have you heard the Hillary and Haley Duff version of the Siamese cat song from Lady and the Tramp that was also on a Disney Mania? I'm sure at some point I did, but it doesn't come to mind immediately. It is a piece of work. <laughs> okay. Oh, Every okay, time I, really, I think okay, about it, I'm yeah, like, oh no, so many people had to say yes to this. <laughs> Oh, you know what makes me... Well, you know what Disney Mania thing makes me think of that? You know what song is like one of my absolute favorite Disney songs of all time is I Want to Be Like You from the Jungle Book. Uh-huh. And a couple weeks ago, I went on this YouTube spree listening to like every cover of the song I could find. Jonas like, Brothers. They're all so good because... Wait, because this song is so good that everyone can make it sound good when they sing it or when they play it as long as they don't do what the Jonas Brothers did and change it too much... And that was literally every cover of the song. I was like, this is so good. I love this. The Jonas Brother one. I was like, I, I can't get past a minute. This is gross. It's funny. I, um, now that we're talking about Disney mania, cause I, I had several of these, uh, I like burned them as a child. Um, but I play this game on my phone called song pop where you like pick a playlist that's like a certain category and then you have to like guess songs from it as fast as possible like beat other people and um i was i 
was working on the Miley Cyrus playlist. And in the Miley Cyrus playlist, it for starters has every Hannah Montana song and every Miley Cyrus song, but it also has her version of Part of Your World from Disney Mania. And it is so weird. <laughs> Miley Cyrus did a Part of Your yes. World? I did not know that. I have so much yes. to learn. Anyway. Yeah, I could see how that wouldn't really be up her alley. Well, she doesn't sing it like it's about. They like Disney Mania it where it's like oh, they like no. add like a bunch of rock guitars and it's really weird. <laughs> Do you know are you familiar with Julia Lester from High School Musical, the musical the series? No, I still haven't watched that. Okay. Anyway, she plays one of the characters and for some reason on like the promos or whatever, they always have her sing the worst songs. Like they had this Christmas special in December and they had her sing this like Hanukkah medley, but it was, you know, all like, you know, hip hopped up or whatever. And it was, oh it was disgusting. And, and then recently I don't, some award show, they had her sing, you know, the song from Beauty and the Beast home is this home na, 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 to be happy. But they made it like a rock and roll song. And she was like, is this home? And I was like, well, whose idea was this? Where did this come from? You know, it's almost comforting to me to know that Disney stuff so far past my time of Disney Channel is like still pulling the same dumb, weird moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like doing <laughs> shit like that. Like that. There's something about that that's like, yeah. oh, at least, you know. The, the tweens of today are still having to deal with weird Disney Channel remixes of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have I ever, have I talked on here about the Family Channel holiday CD? Because mm-hmm. I don't Family so. Channel was like, it was the Canadian affiliate to Disney Channel. So it was like the Family Channel, and it had like, you know, uh, Miley's like rocking around the Christmas tree and stuff. Uh, and Lucas Grabeel sing Let It uh, Snow. Lucas Grabeel. And I, and I actually kind of like that. <laughs> but the one that stuck out to me was, uh, I, I mentioned this on some podcasts, so sorry if I'm repeating it. It might have not been here. But Kyle Massey's version of Jingle Bells, um, which was basically, he Kyle Massey, it was basically just like these robot voices <laughs> singing like, Jingle Bells, Jingle I really want to hear them. And then Kyle Massey, and then Kyle Massey would interject like, yeah. <laughs> and he would rap. That sounds like something. And he I would rap love. a little bit. He was like, <laughs> he would love it. It was like, take turns pushing each other down the mountain slide. All we have to do is play and laugh and sing and play while we jingle all the way. And then the robots would come back and jingle bells, jingle bells. Is it Jingle Bells a hip hop carol? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the one. Okay, I'm definitely going to listen to that. Listen to this hip hop carol. Fa la 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 la. Especially as I'm not, I don't, I don't support Kyle Massey, obviously, because he's like in trouble for some really bad shit. But I do love the Corey in the House theme song, <laughs> so I'm very excited to hear. Oh, it's my, on it's Ball. my favorite Disney Channel theme song, Corey in the House. It's my favorite one. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, yeah. So this album, yeah. So there's a like National Lampoon Christmas Vacation by Monique Coleman that I liked. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, Run, Run, Rudolph. Or, yeah, yeah, Run, Rudolph, Run, apparently. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, is nowhere close to as good as the Phineas and Ferb version. (laughs) Here's a video of a dance class performing a dance to the Kyle Massey Jingle Bells remake. Oh, send that to me. I have to watch that. Yeah. So much to do. It's only, like, a minute long, so that's fun. 
yeah, I will send that to you right now. <laughs> Excellent. So, any last things to touch on? <laughs> uh, no, I think we went pretty much uh, covered it all from uh, one in a million to Disney Mania. So, <laughs> good to go. Good to go. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining me for another episode, Alex. I really appreciate it. Uh, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Milleris. And you know what you should do is go watch Musical Without a Cool Acronym on YouTube. It came out on August 20th. Uh, the full thing is up in HD with captions and everything. And it's super great. And I did some incidental music and wrote a song for the credits called Another Credit Song. So everyone should go watch that. And I also decided uh, to start posting things on a YouTube channel. that's just my name. Uh, right now I'm posting like a one hour lo-fi loops of songs so far only like Phineas and Ferb songs are on there but maybe I will venture into Hannah Montana soon that would be fun um so yeah (laughs) check that out yeah for sure great well and thanks so much to all of you for tuning into today's episode of pumping up the podcast I hope you'll join me next week where we will be discussing season two episode 29 of Hannah Montana we're all on this date together. I personally can't wait. Starring Corbin uh, Blue. I cannot wait for more Corbin Blue. I love his character on this show so much. You know what else is that episode? Is the last appearance of Roxy. Oh my god, no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had fact. no idea she stopped showing up after season two. Because I, you know, have never seen the rest of the show. So. <laughs> that, that will be... Interesting. Thank you for letting me know that. I might not have remembered to check for that. Although after what happened with Thor and Donzig, I'm a little more vigilant. (laughs) I was. Well, there is one more Mr. Donzig. There is one more, and it features both actors that have played him. So I'm very excited for that. Indeed. (laughs) But anyway. Uh, and in the meantime, if you would like to find us online, we're on Twitter at Pumping Up the Pod and Instagram at Pumping Up the Podcast. If you'd like to leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, go for it. I won't stop you. Uh, also, if you are interested in um, hearing me in a slightly different format, you should check out my new podcast, TH Glee, with me and my co-host, Courtney Sile, <laughs> who you will know from this show. It's a Glee podcast. Check it out. It's out everywhere now. And uh, you can find that on Twitter and Insta. Both handles are at THGLE420. Tune in. And uh, if you want to see more from me, I'm on Twitter at LovelyLisi, Instagram at ActorElise. Thanks so much, you guys. And until next time, keep on pumping up the party.